And welcome to the second episode of Dragon Tales. Today we're going to be talking about something that isn't actually talked about much. The downside of pregnancy as well as motherhood. And I have two Putinese mothers with me. One happens to be my own sister, Rinchen Zam, who's giving a... F- I think it's the first time I'm interviewing her in my life as a journalist. Then I have Tipika, who is better known as the creator of Zomba in Bhutan, right? <laughs> so, and both of them are here on my show, uh, representing themselves and not the places they work for or work at. I want to put this disclaimer out there because these are incredibly personal experiences and some people may think um, that the two mothers may be cr- criticizing certain systems or people but I don't think this is the point of the podcast today. It's really a sharing of experiences where pregnancy and motherhood are not as joyful as they are made out to be by media, by social media and by mothers. I'm going to start with Wink. What was your pregnancy like? I know that it wasn't easy. (laughs) It was very difficult for me. I think like uh, from the seventh week of my pregnancy I started getting sick so mainly it's like I had uh, morning sickness for the entire duration of my pregnancy along with that because I have hypothyroidism I had extreme fatigue which affected me a lot so let's say like three months I was working then I was a civil servant so three months I had to struggle to go to work after three months I decided there was too much for me so I thought of taking UL but even then it was such a pressure on me <laughs> because normally people don't take uh, <laughs> UL to go you know while you're in pregnancy it was a difficult decision for me because if I could go to work I would have gone right because I didn't have uh, early was only a month which is not enough for me and I couldn't think that I could manage the other six months you know continuing to go to work so then I had to consult with my gynae and then he told me okay it's all right as long as you stay active it's all right he said so I was really happy you know when he told me that I could stay on EOL so after the third month I took EOL for the remainder of my pregnancy but even then it was very difficult and honestly speaking I was a recluse (laughs) for those uh, six months I could barely go out of the house even getting out of bed was very difficult for me it's like I'd go to bed exhausted I'd wake up exhausted and the thought of just getting up and going to get my breakfast also you know to the dining table to go there you know I'd had to mentally like rethink you know it's like will I even make it that far you know it's like that's how difficult it was for me for so honestly speaking the entire duration of my pregnancy all I did was lie in bed or just lie (laughs) or sit somewhere listlessly I couldn't even like you know I mean I don't know what my mental state was then also like I was like I could easily have gone into depression also you know but of course I had my family and everything but then like it's like I couldn't even read I couldn't even listen to music like I didn't enjoy the things that I could I just didn't have the energy that's what and then people would be like oh let's go out let's meet and I couldn't even do that even going to the hospital was a torture for me because you know how it was when you go for your gynae visit also you have the token system right and you have to wait <gasps> just waiting also oh my god I would be so exhausted and forget all that also emergencies I ended up going to the emergencies so many times also and I was given medication to control my morning sickness no the minute my medication would finish which he'd give me like for a month the minute it would finish, I'd start vomiting every few minutes. 
I couldn't handle smells. So then I ended up in the emergency and luckily my sister-in-law was there. <laughs> my husband was also out of station. He was working in Tongsa then. <laughs> so then my sister-in-law would drive me to the emergency and we'd be there on that tiny bed. Oh my God, that was also torture for me. And I would beg them, you know, they'd be like, oh, you need to have like about four bottles of IV, you know. I'd be like, oh, can it just be one? <laughs> I want to go home, you know, that kind of thing. But really it was like, it was very difficult for me. And then that's what I was saying, you know, before I became a mother pregnant, it's like a very romanticized idea of, you know, being pregnant and they're like, oh, the glow, the beauty of pregnancy. None of that for me. <laughs> no glow. I was just so sick, you know. It's like, I couldn't wait for my pregnancy to end, you know. For you, D, your pregnancy wasn't difficult at all, right? Yeah. So I had a very smooth pregnancy. Um, I didn't get morning sickness much. It was more like an evening sickness for me, <laughs> just for about a week. Mm-hmm. Very light, gentle. Mm. I didn't even throw up. Um, and throughout until the last day, I actually broke my water. I was out with my friends, going to the cafe. Yeah. So it was very smooth for me. So you can see the contrast how you know, Rachel <laughs> right. and I yeah. have different bodies or yeah. different system <laughs> that we had completely different uh, pregnancies. pregnancies. I think where the experience overlaps just a little bit is also after pregnancy, like Ring's whole journey of uh, motherhood from pregnancy to motherhood wasn't very easy. I was there with her after she gave birth, just before she gave birth and after she gave birth. And it was complicated for her. And that was where the complication arose for you and the experience went downwards right yeah I was <laughs> fine today and that night I went uh, my water broke and I had to rush to the hospital and then um, I had emergency c-section and after that everything started <laughs> the problems I couldn't lactate yeah I wasn't producing milk at all for three days then after three days although I did it didn't get established well at all ever <laughs> but I didn't know that part because my main focus was only about how to exclusively breastfeed and how to breastfeed, how to latch the baby and everything. That was the primary focus uh, that I had taken up that time. And that was the information I was being fed by everyone around me Mm -hmm. at that time. And for up to two or three months, I missed out on parenting completely because my focus was just mm, breastfeeding. Technical, I, technical yeah, bit, yeah. yeah. So I also felt like a cow at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just fed her and then I used to give her back to my mom, mm. uh, back to my husband and then mm. wait there for her next feed mm-hmm. and then I can feed her and I can give her back. I never really held her well mm-hmm. until two months. Yeah. Mm. I couldn't put her to sleep. Uh, whenever my mother and my husband they went to work mm. and I was left alone I used to get scared and then I used to call them and call them back mm. I can't put the baby to yeah. sleep mm. because I hadn't dealt with her yeah, yeah. I missed out on parenting for almost two or three months right, so right. yeah that's maybe I was on the verge of postpartum depression mm. or maybe mm. not I, I don't even know that whether mm. I went through it or yeah. not I went through a difficult situation but formula helped me <laughs> my savior right, right. I know yeah. and also because I had a conversation with Choying too right yeah. I think this was uh, about like eight nine months um, since um, since you delivered and then he was talking about how we need to change this definition of or our understanding of what motherhood is that all mothers must breastfeed you know because that's the kind of messaging that comes across I mean yes of course it's the best thing for your baby but what if there are cases where the mother can't lactate right so yeah. so I can't imagine the pressure that you were under it was wasn't just the pressure 
from the family even the health workers they only emphasized on exclusive breastfeeding exclusive when i wasn't even lactating they were emphasizing on how to exclusively breastfeed mm-hmm. and then they were like there was a strict no on the formula and then beyond that the social pressure mm. like people were like you are a mother you should lactate mm-hmm. even some of the health workers they said the same thing and there was this one particular health worker who said pizza be jime alulu like how do i what is pizza no <laughs> how do i when i'm not even lactating well right. pizza be jini wasn't an option for me yeah. then and then i realized that i wasn't lactating well only after a month so i was starving my daughter for a month how i knew about that is because her weight wasn't going up right. she couldn't catch up her birth weight even after a month usually a baby is supposed to catch up to yeah, her birth yeah. his yeah. or her birth weight right. within a week yes. i see so that wasn't happening for even after one month her birth weight i mean her weight was lesser than her birth weight so that's when i realized that she wasn't uh full that's when chewing also got convinced that we should try with formula and the minute we gave yeah. her formula she was quiet I otherwise she was crying yeah crying the whole and oh those God. many days she was starving right, right, i didn't right. realize that mm-hmm. and she used to cry day and that's night she wouldn't sleep well mm-hmm. and everything that mm-hmm. was happening and the formula saved me from mm-hmm. there on so at first it was like Uh, I was breastfeeding and formula feeding at the same mm. time but there is this natural tendency with infants that mm. they prefer the nipple better yeah. than right. mothers because you have to use your force yeah. with <laughs> mother's milk and right. with the nipple it's very yeah. easy yeah. so she switched herself to uh, exclusive feeding. yeah bottle feeding uh, that will always come i mean it's part and parcel of mm. formula feeding your baby so she herself she switched to that <laughs> right. and then by 5 or 6 months she wasn't breastfeeding at all I after see. that I and see. then with that came the stigma mm. so there were people aunts uncles whoever mm. they were like you didn't even breastfeed your kid you're not breast your child has to be breastfed at least for 2 years and yeah. she wouldn't breastfeed because she was so used to to that right. and then that stigma was there like oh God. you know so you're how, a mother how, how did you deal with that with all of this pressure you know what was did you have like a support system or how did you mentally help yourself my husband was my biggest support mm-hmm. at that time he once wrote a post about breastfeeding whatever uh, on facebook and a doctor friend of ours he asked him my husband to come and talk during the world breastfeeding day about from the patient perspective mm-hmm. so his final line during that time was because i'm one of the first beneficiaries of the 6 months maternity leave i see yeah mm-hmm. so that's what he said uh, my husband he he said although we couldn't exclusively breastfeed mm-hmm. during those 6 months but we used those 6 months to cope up with all the trauma <laughs> oh so, yeah right. so my biggest support system was my husband right. and the 6 months maternity leave right. helped a, a lot. lot i yeah. see what about you rank like i said my pregnancy was bad but i think my postpartum was even worse i thought it would get better after i had my baby no but unfortunately <laughs> it just went downhill for me so like my sister mentioned it's like um i had to have an emergency c section because 
because uh, my baby, he wasn't in the correct position, you know, for me to have a normal birth. But I had to endure a night of <laughs> induced liver pain. <laughs> so I think it was a few days. I had to be in the hospital for about a week. And that's when it started. I think it's anxiety. I think it comes with all new mothers, but I'm, I don't know how the others manage. But for me, I, I don't know. It's like I was so anxious about everything. Like my son, he had a slight case of um, uh, jaundice. Very, uh, very mild. So then, but luckily for me, I had to, I could do the phototherapy in the cabin only. So then even then, you know, I was like so anxious. I was like, oh my God, is my baby going to die? Like you get all those different thoughts, you know, in your head. Like, you know, you only think about your kid's mortality. Then um, I think uh, a day or two after I had my baby, I started getting these um, small like spasms, neck up. Oh. You know, I just start shaking for no reason whatsoever. The doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. And then they told me maybe it's because you have a low dose of calcium, you know, when your calcium levels go down, that's what happens. Then they did my blood test, also my calcium. They said it was a little low, but like, it's okay, nothing to worry about. But I continued giving, getting those uh, seizures, especially in the evenings. Then I don't know, maybe I had to do it anxiety. Then I went to my gynae and then, you know, so that's what like, I have a very good, I still do. I have a very good support system, family, my in-laws, my family, not my immediate family themselves. So when like I first told him about the spasm that I was having, you know, he was like, why? And then my husband mentioned to him like, you know, oh, she's, she's got anxiety. And I was also worried, like I had so many things. I was worrying about so many things because I had my C-section. I was worried I'd get an infection, you know. <laughs> but I also need to add that she She's anyways a warrior by nature. Yeah. So it became, it became worse after pregnancy. Yeah, so I had like so many things I was worrying about. My baby, about myself, you know, all that. And then, you know, that's when he, he's like, why, why are you so anxious? Why are you so stressed? You know, he's like, you have such a good support system. But like I mentioned to you before, so I was like, I think it had something to do with myself. You know, it's like I had a very good support system, yet I went through those things, you know, some, some I don't know, chemical imbalance or whatever in me after I had a baby. So I think it was some sort of postpartum only there. And then, yeah, I used to cry. A lot. A lot. Like, I was so anxious. Like, anxiety. I would be so stressed. And, like, you know, like, I would be suffocating in myself. You know, like, suffocating. Because I didn't know what to do. So I just end up crying, you know. And then, like, I couldn't show that side to everyone except my husband and my sister. <laughs> and like, she actually was like, why are you crying? <laughs> you know. I was like, I can't help it. You know, it's just happening. No, like, that's the only thing I can do, you know. Yeah, so, you know, it's those sort of things, you know. And then I couldn't even, like, really talk about it because like you know there's a lot of stigmas and then people yes and then like women like you had a very smooth pregnancy and any woman who is a mother or is going to become a mother you know it's like I really look up to them because it's such a uh, I don't know it's such a, an ordeal yeah what <laughs> yeah and I couldn't talk about it because I knew about postpartum depression but for me also even then back then for me postpartum depression was that you know like you have that disattachment from your kid you know you can't bond with your kid and all that but that wasn't it anymore for me it was only the stress and the anxiety and you know emotionally I was very weak so that was it but I couldn't really talk about it also because people expect you to be strong you know oh yeah. you're a mother you know and then and then mm. most of our women though they're going through it they don't show it out in the open so people don't know that you're going through it no so when you talk about it they don't really understand 
why you're feeling the way you do, you know. So it's not easy for you to talk about it also. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like like my husband also then, you know, he was my biggest support also. Mm-hmm. So it's like only him I could show my true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because yeah. to the outside world, you have to smile and you have to yeah. be cute with your baby yeah. and all of that. Yeah. But after experiencing this, right, while experiencing it too, did you at that point, because you couldn't talk to people or you felt you weren't being understood by everybody, go onto the net and then find things that could confirm or sort of validate your experience and say that you're not alone? Did you did you do things like that? Yes, I even had a pregnancy app installed in my phone. Mm-hmm. That helped a lot. Mm-hmm. But it also confused me at some point because too many information yeah, being yeah. fed from all angles. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I did surf the net a lot. It was like one of my BFFs. Yeah. <laughs> forever at that point. <laughs> my savior. Yeah. But yeah. Before pregnancy, because I know my sister, Rink, she was preparing for motherhood, right? She was reading um, pregnancy. I'm sure you did the same, mm-hmm. like you're saying with the pregnancy app and everything. But, but I don't think any of this prepares you for your yeah. experience of sadness, right? It did help to understand some information, but I think talking to new mothers would have helped a lot more. Yeah, that's what I would Yeah, but, but even uh, there were some women in my office who I talked to when I was pregnant, but even their focus at that point, maybe they went through, every, um, mm-hmm. they didn't go through much. So their only focus was, oh, are you going to Bangkok? Are you going to have a C-section? <laughs> or are you going to have a <laughs> normal delivery? That was the only thing. And I, my focus also was only about that. Um, I couldn't even anticipate about lactation and breastfeeding. <laughs> Although I knew yeah. that... Uh, I had the information through all the books and whatever, but the practical experience, mm. nobody shared. They only yeah. talked about the delivery. What kind of delivery are you yeah. going to have? It was the only thing that yeah. people actually talked about. So meeting new mothers would, yeah. I think, help a lot. Mm. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking about. Also, I was like, you know, when we were going through our pregnancy, if you had like a support group of women, no, mm. and you could come and you talk about it. So that is what I also had an app, mm. the pregnancy app. So that's where I went online. And then, you know, I see what other people were going through and even my own problems that I had I'd put it up and then you know there'd be people giving me information and all that so it would have been very helpful if you had that because the thing is you can talk to other people but if they're not going through the same experiences that you are they can't relate so they can't really help you there and they don't understand exactly that's the thing I read up a lot and then that book, everyone reads it. I think every pregnant woman reads it, what to expect when you're expecting. So I was reading it very diligently, you know, every week to see how well my baby's growing. And then there was an app also that did it. So both, you know, I do it both. But the thing is, I read a lot at Google and, you know, it's like you feel you're prepared, no? Mm -hmm. You've read up, so you think you're prepared. But when you actually go through it, it's a very different story, Mm -hmm. you know? You're not prepared. No matter how much you've read up, practical is very different from theory. (laughs) That's exactly what I told... um, Amir Khan when he was here <laughs> so I was chipping an idea for him for Satya Meva Jayate ah, to uh, do an episode on breastfeeding mm-hmm. or new mothers or mm-hmm. so that's what I was telling him I work for the Ministry of Health I know the concept of pregnancy lactation whatever mm-hmm. but my knowledge and my body they didn't go hand yeah, in hand exactly <laughs> so I had all the knowledge that was required but my body wasn't acting accordingly yeah. so that's what I was telling him and he also agree- yeah. agreed to me when right. I said that right. yeah. that's very true see. it's like you you no longer recognize your body also no, or yourself for the matter there. It's, like, it's completely different because before I was pregnant before I was a mother you know I was very like emotionally strong mm. okay it's like never cry very yeah. strong everything yeah, you know suddenly it's like I'm pregnant I'm like you know, I've become a mother I'm a completely different person <laughs> I think for me uh 
I think she channeled through crying. Mm. I channeled through anger. There was some disharmony in the family as well right, because of, of whatever was happening. Because, like what you said, mm. I couldn't express well mm. what I was going through, and I was channeling it through my anger, mm. and you know, <laughs> all the disharmony. <laughs> But did you, D, at any point think that maybe you need to seek professional help to deal with this? Like uh, it was like a crisis situation for you, right? I. Did go for the lactation counseling mm-hmm. the consultation? Mm-hmm. What I said in the beginning, I didn't even know at that time if I needed help. I was going through it, but I didn't even know whether it was postpartum depression or not. Mm-hmm. So it just happened spontaneously, mm-hmm. and I, and now later reflecting back, maybe I went through it, mm-hmm. but I came out of it. So mm-hmm. like I said, the formula was my savior. Yeah, right. So yeah, at least there was something to help me. But right. I could have used yeah. counseling or consultation mm-hmm. at that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's the same for me also because at that point I don't think I didn't think of it as postpartum also like any sort of postpartum like yeah. my spasms and all that they I thought maybe it was a side effect of a medicine that was given to me so I didn't think of it as postpartum also later on like now you know when you reflect and you're like oh yeah it was a type of postpartum you know mm-hmm. yeah and the thing is also like back then like you asked me if I wanted counseling but I didn't really know what I was going through I just thought it was like something with, mm-hmm. to do with my own body nothing to do like you know mentally mm-hmm. so I didn't also but for me my recovery happened um, after my baby turned three months and that time also as I guess you have a good support system but I think you also need time for yourself you know because you know one of my main anxieties was you have this tiny little human being that's so solely dependent on you you know <laughs> so you're like how am I going to keep this little thing alive yeah. <laughs> that's, and that's even worse for you because you couldn't lactate yeah. I, mean, I was lactating yeah. but still you know it's like you're the only source of food and nurturing and whatever yeah. for that little tiny being you know so yeah. it's like so much pressure on you it's like no matter how ready you are to be a mother mm. I wasn't I suppose but then even if you are you know you're not prepared for that kind of <laughs> responsibility you know <laughs> I think I just needed time for myself. Like mm. after three months, I'd gone down to Finsling to stay with my mother. When I was here, because I live on the outskirts of town, like I couldn't really come to town or do things for myself because it was far out. If I come, I have to bring my baby along. So Finsling, it was a release for me because we live in the center of town. So like if I, even if I want to step out, it's just five minutes away. Yeah. So even if I leave my baby, if something happens, like if my baby cries or is cranky, I can just come back. You know, it's just walking distance, five minutes, ten minutes. So gradually, you know, like I used to go out. Every time my baby, I put him down for his nap. I'd go out quickly, go to a bookstore in Jaigong, buy a book, come back, go to a cafe, eat something. You know, so slowly, slowly. Then I started feeling like my normal self. Otherwise, like I'll tell you, since the start of my pregnancy to the end and that three months after my son's birth, no, I wasn't me at all. You know, I used to lie in bed and I'd be like, will I ever be me again? You know, it's like, where is this person? Like, I no longer know this person, you know? Yeah, that kind of thing. I have pregnancy peer, other women who were pregnant during the same time, including my sister-in-law. So when I was talking with her about these things after pregnancy, the post-pregnancy part, I think we become very conscious about ourselves. Like what you said, we couldn't, after a point, we couldn't even uh, figure out who we mm-hmm. are and yeah. get back to what we yeah. were before yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And then I have noticed a general trend in most of the Uh, women who have given birth they shop a lot especially makeup parts so we feel I think very conscious about ourselves mm-hmm. so even my sister-in-law she was buying she's not a makeup kind of person but after pregnancy <laughs> she invested so much on the Korean products and everything maybe that's the esteem our esteem must yeah. have gone down by. Yeah. and I had put on a lot of weight that's when I started working out and mm-hmm. then whatever now Zomba is also yeah. so you gave birth to two things your daughter and Zomba <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
exactly. No, I think um, the sharing of this experience really is not to put people off pregnancy, yeah. you know, off yeah. of pregnancy, but really to, um, I think we want, why I'm doing this podcast and why I think Dee and Rink both decided, agreed to do it is also to make other mothers who are experiencing this to not feel alone. Yeah. Like that experience of loneliness, you know, both of you felt like nobody understood you. So at the end of it, like, what would you want to share with mothers-to-be or women who want to become pregnant? I would like to quote Munna Bai. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, Amir Khan, Munna Bai, Bollywood, I'm Madam D. No, like what, what you mentioned that um, chemical imbalance. Mm. So that happens a lot. Um, Munna Bai calls it chemical locha. No, I like that word locha a lot. So it happens in your body a lot. So mm. maybe the things that you're doing is being triggered by those chemical imbalances. Yeah. Mm. So for example, your body, you gain weight. Your body goes through a lot. So like I was telling you that time, I have become caffeine intolerant. So if I have a little bit of caffeine during the day, I can't sleep at night. Mm -hmm. And um, similarly, other things like I was telling you that time, my metabolic rate has gone down by a lot. Other things, many things, the hair fall, everything, Yeah. yeah. So... It's not always a bundle of joy. <laughs> I was telling you that yeah. it's a package of all emotions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you go through a lot yeah. and um, there's a lot of stigma attached to it. Yeah. I was working in Thailand for a while. When my daughter, she turned one year, two months, I left her. Mm-hmm. And there was stigma to it too. How could a mother with a one-year-old leave her behind and yeah. go work uh, on her own? Mm-hmm. Actually, my plan was to go first and take my husband and my baby together. Right. But then I didn't like working there much. Mm-hmm. I love the work, but I didn't like the office environment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, that stigma was there too. Right. So... Recently, I was writing short health messages Mm -hmm. because we are going to print some T-shirts for my Mm -hmm. uh, work. Mm -hmm. So I was making up phrases or uh, slogans. So I I came up with something and I'm so proud of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Don't stigmatize, empathize. (laughs) That's that's what I was thinking about it. So new mothers, they should also be educated on such things. Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't come as a flowery basket it comes with everything in it thorns roses everything Mm -hmm. and um, there should be a good support system for them there should be help from the government and health and everything Mm -hmm. because one simple thing I can talk about is um, in the mother and child health book they ask you to prepare for your pregnancy like keep your bags there should be sanitary pads you should have a midi uh, packed in it Mm -hmm. the cloth whatever tissues whatever one thing they don't mention is we should also carry a a container of formula maybe because there are chances you may not lactate Mm. that is not there so that means they are not preparing us for that Mm. and in my case I didn't lactate for three days so the first hour my child was born my daughter she was crying a lot we didn't know what was the problem and you know my husband was uh, called to the side and maybe scolded as well that Mm. you don't even know what your child is going through Mm. she's uh, hungry Mm. and then I wasn't lactating and we didn't we didn't have formula or anything to feed her and she was hungry for another hour because we were looking for formula elsewhere we had sent someone to buy the formula bring it so you know the child has to be fed at least one hour after the delivery there should be more information or uh, more things to prepare for mm. more than whatever is should be options you know yeah. not yeah. just one street road ahead yeah. of you right exactly yeah because uh, to add on to what she said about like dating no like the hospital 
it's only solely they focus on breastfeeding no yeah. formula is not an option in mode there so mm. i think there should be more like people Flexible. yeah mm. no but i think they have uh, uh, i have friends who have given birth recently mm-hmm. so they said it has improved now so they 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 haven't and <laughs> i'm just starting with you and chewing and then doing all of that so i just want to say like you mentioned no similar to what she said pregnancy is not a rosy journey at all right because the thing is for me before i became pregnant it's like no one spoke to me about the bad side of pregnancy that you know the sickness and the fatigue and you know everyone has different experiences but no one spoke to me like the when you breastfeed also you know like the sore nipples that's another story on its own you know like so many things they just give you a very the rosy picture you know yeah a very rosy and glamorous and you know that side of a thing impression is given to you so like i told you also <laughs> when i got pregnant and then you know my whole pregnancy it was a shock there to me because that is not at all what i expected you know so then again you, you know i was hesitant to do this podcast also because the thing is my experience was bad you know but it's like i'm sharing my experience just so that people who are facing this or you know who f- will face it in the future will know that oh you know i'm not alone in feeling this so it's okay you know to feel the way you do it's not going to make you a bad mother it's not going to make you a bad person you know you're human after all and everyone has different experiences so it's okay you know <laughs> people may stigmatize whatever you know but it's your own experiences and in the end it's like it works out them it's like it doesn't define who you are you know that's the thing and you should feel guilty for the feelings that you're having also yeah. you know because you know i used to have that you know say like, why am i feeling like this you know that sort of thing so it's okay case you want to um reach out to people for help for counseling or even for psychiatric help and in Bhutan psychiatrists don't normally prescribe medicines at your first consultation they do suggest a lot of alternatives so you would want to call 112 also reach out to the mental health platform which is mind over matter Bhutan if you want somebody to talk to without going to the hospital or seeking psychiatric help there are always people to talk to including i'm sure my sister and dee if you want to reach out to them i'm sure they're happy to yeah you all should i think you should have like a few support group on facebook or something. Okay, thank you both of you for your time and uh, I'm happy to see that you're both on a very happy journey now as mothers. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs>